Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, saints. You can respond. Did you hear what I said? That that needs to elicit a greater response, right? Good morning, saints. No. Well, yeah, you could say that to me. You just say good morning. I'm addressing you. Yeah, that's all right. We didn't rehearse, right? What a joy and privilege to be joined by so many saints this morning. And we've got St. Joe, and we've got St. Ramsey, and we've got St. Arla, and we've got all these saints that are here. And you might say, Pastor Chris, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure, right? Don't worry. I'm not going to venerate you. I'm not going to ask you that you give me your merit so that I might be saved. Uh, We know that there is one intercessor between man and God, and it's the God-man Jesus Christ, right? And we know that there's one name under heaven and earth by which all men must be saved, and that's Jesus Christ, right? And it's because of him and what he has done for you that you are a saint. We'll get to that. I think one of the great things that Martin Luther did in the Reformation was to reclaim the biblical understanding of our, of our standing as something called simul justus et peccator. And before you get impressed, that's about all the Latin I know, so it's really not that much. Simul justus et peccator. So here, I'll put it up on the screen. Now you know exactly, right? Now that you can see it, what it means. Um, it means that you are simultaneously uh, justified and sinner. You are simultaneously saint and sinner. Right? You are a sinner because of your inherited sinful nature. Right? In sin, your mother conceived you. You've got a problem with your inherited sinful nature. You are a sinner because of your sinful thoughts, your sinful words, your sinful actions. There's no doubt about it. You are sinners because you are not, you do not live entirely as you were created, right? Which is in perfect holiness, in perfect relation to God, in perfect relation to others. Which is how God created us before humanity's fallen to sin, right? So the word that kept popping up into my head, I think because it's, it's getting to be that season, is misfit. And so when I thought of misfit, I thought of the island of misfit toys, right? You remember that, hopefully, from the holiday special. The island of misfit toys was a home for playthings with some sort of defect, some sort of problem, Right? So they included such things as, well, you probably remember, a Charlie in the box instead of a Jack in the box, a spotted elephant, right, that's not usual, a cowboy riding an ostrich, sounds kind of fun. Actually, they do that down in Dollywood. Well, they do, I promise. A train with square wheels, that's a problem, on the caboose, I think. A water that shoots jelly, you might think that's an easy fix, right? A bear with feathers, a bird that swims instead of flies, and a host of other misfits. 
And you might remember that King Moonracer is, is the uh, leader, the caretaker of this whole island of misfit toys. And he's a mixture of, he's a griffin, right? He's a bird and a lion uh, combined together. And he circles the earth every night to, quote, find unloved and unwanted toys in need of a home. But ultimately, the island of misfit toys doesn't really meet the needs of the citizens, the creatures who are living there. And so here's what the king declares. A toy is never truly happy until it is loved by a child. And so he finds a solution when Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, ends up on the island because Rudolph um, feels a bit of it of a misfit of himself, right? And so does his companions. And together they discover that despite the condemnation of the world, most of these misfits have a home waiting somewhere. Where someone would welcome them. Now, here's the deal, all right? I don't want you taking theological lessons from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all right? But let's at least make a theological connection. Uh, one of the reasons that the, the, the toys are on this island is because of the world's view of them, all right? Unlovable, unwanted. None of these citizens uh, the, on the islands of misfit toys seem normal, I suppose, uh, in the eyes of society. Uh, yet, we would say that some, there's some there, that there's not any flaws that are really noticeable. They're not glaring, right? And some seem minor and inconsequential. It's like, really? That's a problem? It's different for us. Okay, it's different for you and for me. Because of sin, as I've mentioned, none of us function properly. We're, we're kind of misfits. But it goes deeper than that, much, much deeper. Because of sin, as we mentioned, the human creature has been totally corrupted. Corrupted. Totally corrupted. And the fault does not lie in our Maker. Right? You think, oh, well, who's the dummy who put square wheels on a train? The fault does not lie in our Maker, but instead in Adam who brought sin to all. And then again, because of that, because of our sinful nature, the inclination of our hearts are set upon evil all the time. Uh, because of that, right? we need help. We rebel against God. We do not love others as ourselves, as we mentioned. And this defect, it's not cute, it's not whimsical, it's not inconsequential or minor. It is deadly serious. Deadly serious. Because of that, we are by nature under God's wrath. But, okay, by nature, we are under God's wrath. And I want you to hear this, if nothing else. By nature, you are under God's wrath, but that does not mean that you are unlovable and it does not mean that you are unwanted. Okay? Quite the contrary. Despite 
your sinful nature, despite your sinfulness, despite your selfishness, despite your brokenness, God loves you in spite of it. In fact, God's love for sinners is surprising in its quality and in its quantity. John writes this, so from today's epistle lesson. See what kind of love, or behold, take notice. Take notice what kind of love the Father has given to us that we, misfits, extreme defects, sinners, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Again, as we mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, did you hear that? John called you a child of God. A child born out of God's great and surprising and abiding love for sinners, for misfits. You are not a child of God because of what you have done for God, but because of what God has done for you. The promises He has made to you. What He has done in terms of what Christ commands His church to do for sinners. In baptism, right? God has named you His child. Named you His child. Put His name on you. Through the water and the Word. In your baptism, God has joined you to Christ. United you to Him. Granted you forgiveness in Him. Pardon in Him. Because of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, because Christ lived for you, that's very important, lived for you every moment, died for you and rose for you, Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your righteousness. God declares you righteous, a saint, for His sake. What's interesting about God's Word and His declaration is that God's declaration does not define you as if. As if you were righteous. Okay? Which it might seem that that would be the case. Instead, when God declares you to be righteous, you know what? You are truly righteous. So this morning, when I say good morning, saints, I'm not calling you a saint. God is. Not me. God. And God's Word does what it says. Exactly what it says. So I say to you again, good morning, saints. Your line is good morning, so let's just set that, all right? Your line is good morning. You can call me a saint if you want to. No, just good morning. So I say to you again, good morning, saints. All right. That's a wrap. Good job. I know. Hey, I know what you're thinking. I don't always feel like a saint. I don't always act like a saint. Just ask my family. Ask those people who know me best. Uh, Ask the search history on my phone. Ask Google. Right? Yeah, if Google blabbed to the world everything that it knew about you, you'd be in trouble. You don't always act like a saint. How many of you have done two miracles? Anybody? No? Or, or you'll have miracles done in your name? Mm, doubt it. But what do you have? Regret? Mistakes? 
failings, shortcomings. You miss the mark with disturbing and distressing regularity, right? You miss the mark. It's not like you're not trying. You might even remember at least one or two things, probably more, but you might remember at least one or two things in your life that you wouldn't want anyone, and I mean anyone, to know about. And if people found out, not only would they not categorize you as a saint, they would probably look at you differently for the rest of your life. And so then what, right? Well, your life becomes fodder at the water cooler, the family gathering, social media. And this is where the judgment of today's world comes into play through social media, right? People are more than willing to come and swoop you, swoop in and banish you to the island of misfit toys. That's where you belong. Unloved, unwanted, unlovable. The funny thing about the world is, and this is Satan's trick too, is, you know, he'll tell you, do it. Why are you holding on to God's word and his command and all these things and the way that he would have you do things? Go on and do something differently than what he says. And then in the next breath, after you do, how dare you? Look what you just did. This should not surprise you. Okay? John writes, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Right? The reason that the world does not know us is because it did not know Him. And so, what does this mean? The world cannot understand that someone who is accustomed to sin, uh, that's you and me, and someone that has been born in them, that's you and me, nevertheless, nevertheless, has been received by God into grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't understand it. The world cannot accept it because it's spiritually discerned. The flesh does not grasp it. The world does not accept it. But Scripture says it. God promises it. The Father says to you, I have given you my Son. You my son, that you might be saved through him. I have consigned all men to sin and unbelief that I might have mercy upon all. Therefore, to know the love of God in this way, to know your status as a child of God, rests in one thing. The Father has mercy through the Son and saves all. All through Him. Period. Take heart. I know you don't feel like a saint. You don't feel like a child of God. But this is what John says. Beloved, we are God's children now. Right? Because of His great love for us. For sinners. For misfits. For the unwanted. The unlovable. Beloved, we are God's children now. Not in the future. Now, in the future too. And what we will be has not yet appeared, right? 
But we know that when he appears, we will be like him, be like him, because we will see him as he is. So I mentioned King Moonracer in his statement about a toy is never truly happy until it is loved by a child. A person, I don't care who you are, cannot have true joy unless they know of God's deep and abiding love for them in Christ. I'll say it again. A person cannot truly have joy unless they know of God's deep and abiding love for them in Christ and what God has done for them in Christ. Right now, in many regards, your life is hidden with Christ. It must be received by faith in God's Word and promise in the Word made flesh. But one day, we will live by sight, right? One day, we will live by sight. One day, we will behold Jesus in His full glory. And we, too, shall be changed to be like Him. Not God's ourselves. but renewed to be fully as God desires us to be. Sinless, deathless, fully aware of God's love and living in that love each and every moment. Imagine it. Living in God's kingdom that way with all its power and glory. I know. Looking at your own life, of course, you are not a saint. Of course you're not. You're a sinner. You have your defects. You're a misfit. But you're not unloved. And you're certainly not unwanted. You are not a subject of the kingdom of despair and isolation, right? To be tucked away on some secret island. Because you, a sinner, have another righteousness, as we mentioned. It is Christ's, given totally and completely and freely to you by faith. You, a sinner, are set to be paid death's wages. But you have another life. It is in Christ, who has given his life totally and completely to you. And you are God's child now. You are loved by God now. So I hope during this All Saints Day, you have unexpected and abounding joy. And not resist or doubt what God Himself has declared of you. Or resist or doubt what God is working in you. What you will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, that is Jesus, you will be like Him. God has begun a good work in you and will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. You, His beloved saint. Amen. Now may the peace which transcends all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.